uh, the book of Romans, and we're going to jump in the Word here. And uh, if I had if I had a title for this message, I would say I would I would title it this. Um, are y'all crazy? That's how I title it. Are y'all crazy? Because uh, and I know some of you go, is this a Mother's Day message? Well, yeah, kind of, maybe. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so Romans chapter four. Romans chapter 4. What I want to talk about today is I want to talk to us a little bit about faith. Oh, you know, I, I didn't receive the offering either, did I? That's one thing I neglected. Um, I will, we can do that at the end. Um, <clears throat> you know, the Bible, the Bible tells us that um, in three different places, the Bible tells us this, that the just will live by faith. In fact, Marissa, will you pull one of those up? Any one of them will work. That the just shall live by faith. Say that with me. Say, the just shall live by faith. Now, here's, here's, here's the question that needs to be answered. Who are the just? Who are the just? You know, that word just means righteous. Righteous. The righteous. So who are the righteous? Well, let's find out what righteous means. What is right? How do you define righteousness? Well, to be righteous means to be in right standing with God. To be in right standing with God. Now, most of us, most of us, if we looked at our lives, um, if we looked at our lives and we based our righteousness on our performance, on how well we feel like we live for God, there's not one of us that are righteous. Do I have an amen? Because every time we talk, listen, it, it never fails that every time I talk about righteousness, and so, uh, <laughs> no, that's not, that's not what we're looking for. Uh, the just shall live by faith. <laughs> the just shall live by faith. Just find one that says the just shall live by faith. Any three of them. Oh, is it? Okay, thank you. Yeah, look, Marissa's like, Brother Copeland said Romans. <laughs> Brother Copeland said Romans 117. That's what Brother Copeland said. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to have been there for that. But anyway, so... So most, what, what, it never fails when we're talking about righteousness that there are people, yeah, I should have read the whole thing, that there are people that they don't under, they don't, uh, they don't, because they don't comprehend or understand righteousness and being in right standing with God, they don't understand why God's people act the way they act, why they believe the way they believe, why they do the way that they do. Because they don't really understand righteousness. So, uh, so here's, here's one example of that scripture. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just or the righteous shall live by faith. And so faith is the lifestyle of the righteous. Living by faith is the way that the Bible teaches us as Christians. If you're a Christian... Uh, that you're to live by faith. Now you say, yeah, but uh, I know a lot of Christians that they don't, they don't live right. Well, here's the thing. It's not by living right that you're in right standing with God. 
As a matter of fact, here's what you have to consider. The most jacked up people on planet earth come to church. This is where they all gather. You know, some, sometimes we, you know, we, we look at Christians and because, you know, some people will look at Christians and because Christians dress up and come to church and we talk about Jesus and we talk about loving God and we, you know, we, we sing our songs and we pray our prayers and we do these things. Some people have this expectation that, that Christians ought to live some kind of high, higher life or that they ought to be held to a higher standard than everyone else. And, and here's the thing. Most of the people in church, they're, they're, they aren't the best of the best people. They weren't the best of the best people on planet Earth. In fact, uh, they weren't the cream of the crop. They were bottom of the barrel. And Jesus said this. Jesus said this about the, the people that he came to touch. He said, you know, it's not those that are well that need a physician. It's those that are sick that need the physician. And he said, and those are the ones that I've come for, those that are sick. And so the Bible says this, when Jesus died on the cross, are you all still with me? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just preparing. I'm, I know some of you are like, have you started preaching yet? I'm getting, I'm just, I'm getting ready. I mean, I'm, I'm priming it. I got the choke pulled. I'm about to turn, turn it on here. All right. So here's, here's what the Bible says about Jesus. It says, he who knew no sin talking about Jesus, became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And so we're in right standing with God, not because we live a perfect life, not because after we came to church, we always hit the mark and live at that higher standard that some people will set the bar for. Come on. Listen, I, there's, this Friends and Family Day. Some of y'all have been avoiding coming to church because you're like, I can't stand going to church because of all them hypocrites. Because you got a bunch of people in there talking Jesus, loving Jesus, and not living by any different standard than by which I live. And that's why if I had a title for this message, my title would be, are y'all crazy? Because when you live outside of that place of understanding what the word of God says about righteousness and right standing with God, it can look crazy. <laughs> it looked crazy to me. I'll, I'll tell this. When I first, the first day I walked into church, I looked across the room at a fella that I knew good and well to, that I, that in the, to me, in the natural, when I looked at him, I thought, that guy is in church? I know that guy. And that guy has no business being in church. Because, see, that's our idea is that when you come to church, that you're, you're some high and lofty or you're somehow or another living better than everyone. No, listen, when we come to the house of God, we come to the house of God because we know that we don't measure up. We know we, we don't hit the mark. And then when we try to hit the mark, even when we're trying, we don't hit the mark all the time. And so we know that we're in need of help. There's no way that we can do this on our own. Isn't that right? Yeah. <laughs> 
And so the Bible, the Bible tells us that Jesus, he came and he had no sin. He, 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 didn't, he, never was, uh, he never sinned. He never made a mistake. He lived a life that was impossible for us. My sister's here today. Of course, I love her. I, we've been hanging out for, well, our whole lives. And, <laughs> and I used to drag her around to church meetings with me. And, and she'd come with me when she was younger and... and um, I don't think she always understood what was going on. I, I, she definitely thought it was entertaining. Um, <laughs> but when we, when we first started at Winter's Church, her and Chad were coming, and they were uh, joining us uh, uh, more regularly uh, at that time. And she called me one day because she had started reading the Bible. And I don't know why she started at the beginning, but she did. She started there, you know, in Genesis. And when she, but when she got to Leviticus, things got real interesting. Because if you know anything about Leviticus, Leviticus starts talking about the law and the rules and all these things that, uh, you know, uh, the Old Testament, uh, uh, the, the, those that were in the, in the Old Covenant had to deal with. She's like, hey, listen, man, I'm kind of struggling getting through Leviticus here because uh, there's some things that I've, you know, that I'm looking at here that don't really go with the way I have always understood God. A.A. Right. A. Allen one time preached a message. He said this, God is a killer. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you know this, but God has killed people. Now, I know some of you are like, yeah, that's, you know, I don't want to serve any God. That if it... No, you don't, you don't understand. Here, here's the deal. God, God doesn't just go around murdering people, committing acts of homicide. He made it clear the wages of sin is death. But I'm going to give you a gift of eternal life. You can escape that death and the wages of sin. Us, us trying to make God out to be this mean old ugly, you know, killer, you know, in uh, sitting somewhere on planet heaven that has it out for mankind. That's not, that's not the God that we serve. When we go through Levitical, I, 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 ta I tell my sister, when you go through that Levitical law, you have to understand the purpose why Leviticus was, you have to understand the purpose of the law. The purpose of the law wasn't so that man would live up to the standards of God. The purpose of that law and that law being written was so that we would understand that there is no stinking way that we could do it ourselves. God wanted to make sure that when, when that law was written, that it was written in a way that we understood that there was nothing that we could do in the natural or in the strength or in the power of our own might to live up to the standard that he had for us. So you know, do you know what that did when God wrote that law and he said, look, you, you don't cut the mustard. You never will cut the mustard. You know, what, you know, you know then what we needed? We needed a savior. We needed someone to stand in the gap between us and God. We needed someone to bridge the gap to reconcile us to God. And guess what? He came. His name is Jesus. And because he came, listen, your righteousness isn't dependent upon your ability or inability to do the law. 
Your righteousness isn't dependent upon your ability or inability to live the lifestyle that you think is reflective of a Christian. Now, listen, I'm not saying we ought to live reckless and we ought to live. If you're, listen, if you're, if you're a Christian and you're a believer, you ought to cut way back on the sin. You, you ought to make every attempt and, and, and do your gut level best to live holy and to, and to live a life that you know is pleasing. So when, I, when I got married, I didn't go sleeping around with all kinds of other... When I got married, I knuckled down and I was faithful to one woman. Was, were, were there other women available? Absolutely, but I stuck with mine. Thank God, Amen. She's like, boy, you better have. It's Mother's Day. I will kill you dead. <laughs> I, like to, I like to remind people of this every now and again. We've decided that we're, we're starting a, a different trend at our church here at Winter's Church. We've decided that husbands are going to sleep with their own wives and not with everybody else's here. That's that we're starting a trend. We're hoping it catches on. Amen. Carol's like, amen, amen. But just, just as, an as an example, you know, uh, uh, when, you, when you commit yourself in marriage to someone, then you do your gut level best to be faithful, to be loyal. You know what? Some people, they don't cut the mustard. Some people can't be faithful and can't be loyal. Because of the sin that works in their life. That's probably why uh, nearly now, nearly 60% of marriages in the, in, in the United States end in divorce. Because it's, it's, it's difficult when you're laboring in the strength of your own might to subdue these things that sin creates in you. See, God didn't, God didn't create the law to, 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 so that he could wag his finger at us and condemn us to hell. God created the law so that we would know there's no way that you can do this. And yes, there is a place that you will end up if you don't, if, if you don't, if you don't come into that place where you're illuminated and come to life. Yes, there, there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. But I don't want to send you to hell. God's not looking to send anyone. In fact, the Bible says this. He's not willing that any should perish. Listen. Some of you here, you may, be able to, you, may, you may be able to school me on certain things, but I, I, this, this, this right here, I've been doing this for a whole heck of a lot longer and know a whole heck of a lot more than you do about it. I, I don't know nothing about nursing. You could school me there. I don't know a lot about building cars like my dad, so he could teach me something there. <laughs> Military service, I don't know nothing about that. Y'all could help me out there. But understanding what the Bible says, listen, we've got to, we've got, we've got to quit giving God a bad rap. We've got to quit making like God is trying to keep us out of heaven. Everything he's done, he's done to keep you out of hell. We've, we've got to quit acting like God is setting us up for difficulty. God's not setting you up for difficulty. He set you up so that you have a way out of your difficulty. 
All he's done is tell us the truth about, about uh, what we need to get through this life. See, some of you, some of you are relying upon your good works, thinking if you just keep doing good, you're going to be okay when you stand before God. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says it is not by works. Amen. It's not by works. I don't care how good you do, how good of a life you try to live. I don't care how many people you did good for, how much money you gave in the offering, how many poor people you helped out, how many naked people you clothed, how many, uh, how many hungry people you fed. I don't care how many... In fact, the Bible says this, that our righteousness is as filthy rags before God. The best of the best of the best of the best of us are no good. You know, at funerals, when they, <laughs> and of course, it's always at funerals, people get up and say, this was a good man. That's a lie. This was a good one. I'm, I'll never forget. I was, I went, there was a lady, she was dying of cancer. My heart went out to her. She was dying of cancer. I, her and her husband, Christians, lived for the Lord all their lives. Lived in a Mennonite community. They're Mennonites. Wonderful people. I went in there and he's like, she's such a wonderful woman. I just know the Lord, you know, loves her and she's, she's right with God. I don't understand why she's going through this. He said, you know, if she had lived in the time of, of when, when Jesus was born, Mary wouldn't have bore that child. She would have. I mean, that's how good he felt like his wife was. She was a good woman. You know what I was saying on the inside? She's no good. By man's standard. Now listen to me. Because some of y'all some of y'all looking at me. See? Are y'all crazy? That's why, that's why I said I was going to name that man today. That's why I, I warned you. That's why I gave it the title. Are y'all crazy? Because I, I sat and I thought about what the Bible says. And the Bible says this. There is none good. No, not Listen, is that, God, is that God trying to condemn us and make us feel bad about it? No, he's trying to tell us there's nothing that you can do that is good enough that will qualify you for what I have for you. There is only one way, and that is through my son Jesus. That's it. There's only one way. That's, that's the whole message of the Bible. That's the message of Genesis. That's the message of Exodus. It's the message of Leviticus. It's the message of... No, it's the message of the Word of God throughout the whole Bible from cover to cover. God was trying to tell man this. I love you. I created you because I wanted a family and you jacked it up. But I found a way to bring you back into the family. And if you'll do it my way, I will take care of you. I'm preaching today. <laughs> Romans chapter 4. Now I'm going to preach. <laughs> no, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. <laughs> I took you to the senior group. Because we had a full day, I'm going to let you out of here a little bit fast. Famous last week. Yeah, see, hey, hey, Heather's a new member, and even she knows better. <laughs> you know, Abraham, in chapter 4, uh, we'll, we'll start with verse uh, 16. 
Abraham was our example of a man who his faith uh, was equate, was uh, uh, his faith equated to his righteousness. When he put his faith in God, it was accounted to him as righteous. He, Abraham was a picture of what God was going to do in us. So say, say this with me. Say, in myself, I'm no good. But with Jesus, I'm righteous. So when you accept Jesus, you become the righteousness of God in him. In other words, in him, you're in right standing with God. Let me tell you something. Outside of him, you can never be in right standing with God. And when you're not in right standing with God, your view of the word of God, of the ways of God, of the kingdom of God, of anything that has to do with God is very skewed. Because you can't see beyond how you see in the natural. You can't see anything except for what's in this dimension. You can't see that there is another dimension. There's an invisible place. There's a realm of the spirit. See, some of you think that you are, that you are body, soul, and spirit. What you don't realize is that you're really spirit, soul, and body. This body is not the real you. Your spirit... Listen, I'm going to tell you something. When you die, you are not just going to go to sleep. No one that went before you just went to sleep. They left this body and they entered into the world to come. Some of you have been so busy just trying to make sure you can make it through this life. You, you, you ha you've not yet realized. <laughs> I, I wish I had a rope. Just imagine I have a rope. And this rope goes right out the door. You can't see the end of it. And <laughs> I wish I had something. A wire. Thank you. Thank you, Gabe, for being messy. Today, thank you for being messy. <laughs> Pretend like you can't see the end of this. And this represents your life. And there is no end to it. You, you, this, is, this is your life. This is your life here on earth. But then there's all of this. Because you go on forever. Some of you work hard for this much of your life. Never considering that the most of your life is not going to be spent here on planet Earth. I'm going to tell you right now, your 401k ain't going to help you in eternity. You don't get no GM discount in eternity. We're going to be on our own up there. I say that because my dad... Retired from General Motors, and we're when we all go to buy a car, we're like, "Hey, Pop, will you get us a number for a discount?" He's, sure, yeah. <laughs> none, none of that matters in eternity. But some of us, we've we're concentrating on such a small part of our lives, 
And you know what? When you're not living in faith, when you're, when you're not aware of right standing with God and righteousness and the life that you can have in Christ, that's, you're, you're a slave to live that way. You'll never understand that there's something that goes beyond this life. When God created you, he didn't create you just for this life. God created you for eternity. When we talk about eternal life, you know what? We talk about eternal life like only, uh, some people talk about like only Christians are going to live forever. No, everyone's going to live forever. Eternal life isn't the quantity of life. It's the quality of life that we live as believers. This is why we look crazy. This is why we seem nuts. This is why sometimes you get looked at sideways. Because you don't live life according to temper. You know, I, I, I'm amazed at how many people make decisions based, make, make permanent decisions based on temporary circumstances. Are y'all crazy? Well, it depends. It depends on where you stand. From where I stand, I'm not crazy at all. To believe that even when I don't do right, I'm still right with God? Not because of the life that I've lived, but because of what Jesus did for me 2,000 years ago. Yeah, I believe that with all of my heart. Now, I don't live reckless. It's like I, like I said, I, I haven't been the perfect husband. But you know what? I've done everything that I can do to be in a right standing relationship with my It's the same way that I approach my life in the Lord. How can, the, how can these racists be Christians? They, they've, these racists got Jesus in their mouth. <laughs> I, I don't know if you know this or not, but some people were raised different than you were raised. I'll never forget we were in our, I hope you all don't mind me saying something. You, you have to understand, you walked into a church where we, we speak freely here. Oh, this, this old man came in. He's probably 89 years old. He's an old man. He came in, but he was, he was very agile. He was moving about. He wasn't on a walker or nothing. He, he came in there. And uh, he brought his girlfriend with him. I think she's 20 years younger than he was. But they were, they were from a, 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 what do they call them? A, a assisted living center. And they came to visit the church. And at the time, Pastor Ward and Pastor Mikey and Shanika were on staff and were uh, with us. And uh, it was, it was in, in a way, it was, to me, it was kind of a little bit funny because at the end of the service, they were out and they were talking with us. And we were, you know, of course, we're very kind. And they're, we're very kind to them. They're very kind to us. And we were glad to have them to visit with us. We were like... Man, we'd love for you to come back. They're like, well, we're, we don't stay here much. We're mostly, you know, in Florida and different places. 
And so anyway, I saw Pastor Shanika go up to that older gentleman and give him a hug and said, we're glad you're, you came. And he's like, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, as they're, as they're walking out, his girlfriend comes up to him and says, hey, I saw you hugging on that nigger. You see something, you're like, <gasps> that's the way everybody else was. And people's like, <gasps> and then everybody looks at me like, what do we do, Pastor? <laughs> what do we do? Well, we didn't all stand out front and go, scum, 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 go back to where you're from. You missed the most controversial part of the service. <laughs> I'm just playing. I, we, we didn't do, you know, people wondered, what do we, what do, we do in a way? Come on, y'all. I mean, look around. We've got black people in this church. We got Hispanic people in this church. We got Native American people in this. We got people in this church. We don't know what they are. Amen. We don't know what they are. <laughs> We have white people. We got every kind of different people up in this church. So you, you know what I did, Kill? You know, people was looking at me like, what do we do, Pastor? I said, tell them goodbye and hope to see you next week. There's only one way to fix that mindset. Come on, y'all. Come on, some of us that are non-white, you know good and well, you're like, yeah, well, then white people. But look at it, see, see how it got real quiet? <laughs> yeah. There's some people that came, you know, there's some people come to our church, won't come to our church because our church is too white. What does that mean, Carolyn? <laughs> Do I need to get up and be like, Orale! <laughs> Eric's gonna come and he's gonna bring the announcement. You, but you have to, you have to put an accent, Eric. You're gonna have to get real thick, you know. <laughs> We're gonna have to talk like our fathers. <laughs> <laughs> then you got Hilda, you know, she's the only, I think, real Mexican in the church. All of all the rest of us are Chicanos. She's the only real Mexican, and you can't tell she's from Mexico. You talk to her and she's like, oh, yeah, how, how are you? <laughs> 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 but you, 
know what? Those, that, those are the people that need Jesus. Those are the ones that need to understand being in right standing with God. You know, those are the people that need to know you got problems, but we've got answers. Amen. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Listen, he is the answer. He is the solution. He's the one who will work every bit of it out if we'll let him. If we will see him as the answer, he is the solution. All right. Let me read this scripture. We'll, we'll wrap this up. Are y'all crazy? Yeah, we're in a way. Yes. We're crazy enough to believe this book. We're crazy enough to believe that when we came and we accepted Jesus, that he mended, that he mended the bridge, that he, he bridged the gap, that he reconciled us to God. We couldn't do it ourselves. We were miserable sinners lost away from him in darkness. We were dying and going to hell on a greased pole. But one day, amen, he touched me. And oh, the joy that flooded my soul. Something happened, and now I know he touched me, and he made me whole. Glory to God. I had been shackled by a heavy burden, weighted beneath a load of guilt and shame until the hand of Jesus touched me. And because of it, things have never been the same. Listen, I know some of you struggling in life. I know some of you going through difficulties. You're, you're born-again believers. You've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, but you still find yourself struggling. You know what? Let me tell you something. First of all, at this church and probably most churches, no one's looking down on you because you're having difficulty. <laughs> Listen, you, need to, you, know, you know what that is? That's, that is? That comes from you not really understanding who you are in Christ. You keep believing that people are judging you and looking down upon you because you're going through difficulties. Guess what? They're going through difficulties too. They're not looking down on you. They're just trying to make it. They're just trying to make it. Yeah, but they're up there just prancing around like they're all that. You know why they're doing that? So they don't drown. Well, they just up there acting like they're all that. They're not, it's not an act. They're up here treading water. They're up here, they're up here pressing in, believing, putting their faith in God, believing for their righteousness, asking God to help them to overcome and to... I was so shocked at how so-and-so talked to me. I thought they were a Christian. Yeah, they're about as much a Christian as you are. I'm going to tell off on you. You ready? pastor's about to tell off on himself. You ready? You ready? Man, I've done so good. You know, I told y'all I never get mad. I did, I did so good up until the day before yesterday. I'm, I'm on the phone with Cherie. I am on the phone with Cherie, the evangelism queen. I'm driving. I'm going to meet my gorgeous wife, my nephew, who thinks the world of me, driving behind me down the Northwest Expressway. Do I need to say more? 
I'm just a driving, you know, and I'm, and I'm getting ready to pull into Clark's Crew Barbecue and this big old giant truck. Big old giant tires, big old giant wheels. Man, that person might be in the service today. <laughs> All of a sudden, they start pulling over into my lane. Well, you know what? That's why you have a horn. Boo! I'm blowing that horn. That person still keeps coming over in my lane. I'm like, boo, boo! They still came over in my lane. So I went around him. I'm like, mm, see how you like this. I'm, I'm in a Tesla. Zero to 60 in three seconds. Zipped around him, you know. But, you know, Clark's crew's coming up. I got, a, I got somewhere to be. Man, I forgot all about Clark's crew. I forgot Cherie was on the phone. She was talking and I didn't even hear her no more. Well, I thought that'd be the end of it. I said, there, you know, that's what you did to me. How dare you? I ought to be the better person, right? No, he comes on the other side and he's giving me the bird and he's cussing me out and he's all, I was like, mm, yeah, uh, really? <laughs> Stopped in front of him opened up my car door, got out of my car on the Northwest Expressway, looked around to see if there's any Winter's Church people around. I, I, was, waiting to, I was waiting to see if anybody was like this. I didn't want no evidence, you know what I'm saying? I stood there and I, I, thank God, listen, thank God, thank God. I know some of you are like, my God, what kind of church have we come to? Well, you know, that's why I said, are y'all crazy? Oh, no one else susceptible to any of this. You know what? I didn't give him the bird. I didn't flip him. I didn't do none of that. I didn't cuss him. I didn't even yell at him. I was like, dude, you cut me off. Well, he puts his car in reverse and backs up and drives around me. I'm looking around and I'm pulling, I'm doing a thing that Kiss did in the old days. cover up my identity <laughs> got back in my car <laughs> now people are honking at me <laughs> had to get on the highway Ty. Ty Ty gets there he's behind me he gets there and then I get a call from Annie where are you uh, I, I took the scenic route up <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. Well, Tyler's already here, and he said he was behind you. Well, let me tell you a story. It ain't about a man named Jed. <laughs> Y'all like this, don't you? See, because a minute ago, you were like, oh, I'm a sinner, my God. 
oh God. And then you heard me, you're like, see there? <laughs> I'm not so bad after all. <laughs> there is none good. You know why we look crazy? I'm going to read this scripture to you. I'm going to see, you were right. You were right. I'm almost done here. Look what it says. Verse 16, chapter 4. And I'm, I'm just going to read this, and I'm going to point something out to you, and then we're going to quit. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring. This is talking about Abraham. This is why these things are by faith. Not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope. Now, this is, this, this is what happened with Abraham. This is what faith will do. Living by faith, this is what living by faith will do. You'll hope against hope. In other words, when you, get, when you get a report that's a bad report, you've probably seen this as a nurse. Well, I'm, I'm sure you did with Hilda and David. When Amelia was born, and listen, I'm going to tell you right now, there was some things in that situation there are just things that are... When a, when a baby is born at 27 weeks, was it 27 weeks? What are some of the complications? Lungs? Brain? Everything undeveloped. That's just natural. So you know, you know what? Bonnie came in and several others came in and said, this is, this is what you should expect. I know you've experienced this over and over. You, we are in Oklahoma. You got God-fearing, God-loving people. And God bless their hearts. Some of them are not very, they're not, they're not very smart when they're thinking about these things. But, but when you get a response like, I don't receive that, you can take it as an insult. You can take it as the individual who told you they don't receive it as them being unintelligent. But if you're righteous and you understand the word of God, then here's what you know. Against hope, they have hope. When everything is stacked against them, they choose something else. That's faith. That's faith. It seems nuts. It seems like we're trying to escape and live in some kind of fantasy land. That's not it. It's not that we're denying the truth. I want, I want you to know something. Not one time was I denying the truth when it came to Amelia, when it's come to things in my own life, sicknesses, you know, things that have come against me. Uh, it's not that I'm denying the truth. I know that what they're saying is right. When the doctor looked at me one time and said, you have, you've, you've developed allergies, I was like, I know I, I don't I can't receive that I, I can't do that he's like what do you mean you can't do that I know he didn't understand he's like you can't he said it's too late you got allergies I said sir I don't have any allergies he said you know you can develop them right I said I said I'm not trying to insult you I said I promise I 
I, you're, it's going to be hard for you to, to, to digest this. For, it's going to be hard for you to understand this. But because, of, because I'm a believer, because of where I stand in my faith, I know what you're telling me is the truth. But I have to believe that God is my healer. That I don't have to, I have to believe that he's a miracle working God. That God can take the, the guts and the, and, the, and, the, and the organs and the brain of, of, a, of a 27 a week old baby. And he can make up the difference. That's what faith does to us. It makes us believe against the odds. Are you hearing me today? Yes. Listen, if, and, and here's the thing. Some people are like, oh, those people are weak. Oh, are we really? We're willing, we're willing to hear the criticism of people that are seemingly more intelligent than ourselves. We're willing to take the heat. We're willing to live under scrutiny. We're willing for people to belittle us. We know that if we take this stand, people are not going to celebrate us. They're going to call us everything but sane. But we have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Listen, will we deny care for our children? No, that's stupid. But what we will do is while they're receiving care, we will, against hope, believe in hope. Against all the odds, we will believe what God said. Amen. Will we entertain negative, negative things? One time, one time my dad, this was funny. One time my dad had Michael, my daughter was little. And, you know, uh, Hispanic people, sometimes they have these traditions in different ways. I remember one time uh, someone, I can't remember who it was, but they, uh, when a baby had a fever, they took an egg and were rubbing it on the baby. The egg is supposed to take away the fever. That's, that's witchcraft. So anyway, um, <laughs> my dad, my dad uh, Michael had the hiccups, my daughter, and I, I was like, he had her and he's holding her and she's... <laughs> And I look over there, and when I look over there, she got a red dot on her head. I was like, that girl ain't Indian. What do you do with that red dot on her head? I was like, Pop, she's got something on her head. He goes, yeah, you put a red, you put a red string here to take away the hiccups. I'm like, Pop! That's not how we do stuff. I was like, here, give her to me. You know, I didn't, I didn't say nothing to him at the moment. I just knocked it off her head, you know. And I'm like, no, no, we're not going to. We're not inviting evil spirits to take away hiccups. That's, that was my thinking, you know. There's lots of different, uh, 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 how do you call them, um, uh, superstitions, different things that people will do. But we're people of faith. We're not denying anything. We're believing God. Look what, it, look what it says. It says, who against hope, he believed in hope, that he should become the father of many nations. I'm almost done. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. Here's, here's what I want you to see. He did not weaken, listen to this, he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body. Look, we're not in denial of what's going on in us. Abraham wasn't in it says his faith didn't weaken when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead. 
since he was about 100 years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, who was just as old as, she, as he was. See, what, what people that are not understanding of righteousness, what they don't get, they think we're in denial. We're not in denial. We're just not letting what we're seeing weaken our faith. We're standing strong in our faith. We're not being weakened in our faith. We're not letting anything come between us and what the Bible says belongs to us. Are y'all hearing me? You know, the Bible says this, let the weak say I'm strong. Oh, you're in denial. No, we're believing the word of God. Why, why in the world would we go around saying we're weak when the Bible says we're strong? I'm going to say what the Bible says, even though I feel something different. I'm going to say what the Word of God says, even though, you know what? I don't feel like I'm right with God, but because the Bible says I'm in right standing with God, you know what? I'm going to take my place. You know what? I'm not, I'm not standing here before you hoping that I make it to heaven. It's not a hope. I have the confidence. I have the assurance. When this battle's over, we shall wear a crown in the new Jerusalem. When this life is over, I'll pass over into the new life. And you know what? Everyone that's gone before me will be there waiting. All of their faults, all of their struggles, all of their... My grandmother, my grandmother who took me to church, who was instrumental in winning me to Christ, probably one of the meanest people I've ever known in my entire life, but she'll be there. I hope she's not as mean, but she'll be there. <laughs> she'll be there. My old granddad who was very submissive to her authority... Hopefully he'll be, hopefully he'll be a, <laughs> he'll be, he'll be, he'll be a little more assertive. But I look forward to rubbing his bald head. I wonder if he'll be bald. I look forward to sitting with him while he's playing his guitar and sing together, singing praises to Jesus. To my dad's mama, to my grandmother on my dad's side, she's just this big. But she had the, she had the largest laugh. And she laughed all the time. It was, it was just one of those open-mouthed, hearty laughs. About that big. <laughs> you look up at me. She'll be there. The Saragossa that started it all out. He'll be there. They'll be there. The question is, will you? Be fully persuaded today. Today, if you're here, you need to surrender your heart to the Lord Jesus. We won't give you that opportunity to do it today. Some of you, you need that faith. You need what I'm talking about. You're not going to make it on your own. God made it clear. We don't, do this, we don't do this by strength or by might or by power. 
but it's by the Spirit. Say, Pastor Zig, I mess up all the time. Welcome to the club. If you, if you, check, if you check the seat you're sitting on, you, my name's carved there too. I done told you, you know, y'all pictured me on the Northwest Expressway already. Y'all pictured it, didn't you? Did you picture it? You're like, Pastor on the Northwest, my God. Bailey driving by, is that Pastor? What's Pastor doing? <laughs> Yeah, when, uh, yeah, I had my winner's church hat, shirt, bracelet. <laughs> no, I took all that off before I got out of the car. <laughs> I did not. I did. I did. <laughs> Look, Seth is like, dear God. <laughs> Pray for me, Seth. <laughs> Today, some of you may need to surrender your heart to Jesus. Maybe you've never given your heart to him. Maybe you've never, never, ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. Well, guess what? It's a requirement. It's a requirement. There's only one way to heaven, and that is through him. You say, did you trick us, Pastor Zig, to come here today so you could preach to us about heaven and hell? No. Honestly, I, I was going to talk about faith, but there's an urgency in my heart today. I don't, I don't think that there are probably those of you that are here that are away from God to the point where maybe you, you know, you'd miss heaven. But I, I think that there are some that probably need to accept Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior. As a pilot, every day before we, every time before we fly, we do a pre-flight. We go and we check the whole airplane to make sure there's nothing wrong with it, you know, make sure that everything is, you know why we do that? Because we don't want to die. <laughs> we want that thing to work. There are a lot of redundancies in airplanes. Two magnetos, two alternators, two spark plugs for, per cylinder in case one fails. Lots of redundancies, lots of things that are redundant so that you, safety, for safety. Some of you, you have a lot of safety. You saved money because you want to make sure you're okay for your retirement. You've, you know, you've, You've done things to ensure that things are safe, but some of you haven't secured your eternity. You've watched after yourself to make sure that you'll make it through this life and you'll be here for a while, but you've done nothing about the majority of your life that remains. There's forever. Today, you need to, if you need to get your forever straight, if you need to get your heart straight with Jesus, I just want you to come and pray with me. Come stand up here and pray with me. I'll pray with you. We can pray together. Everybody stand up all over the place. <clears throat> come and I'll pray with you. 
Is there anyone that will come? Let me pray with them. Listen, Jesus, is, he's, he's going to do something for you today, no matter who you are. I want us all to pray together. Will you, will you pray this with me? Say, Lord, I surrender my life to you today. I need you. I need you today more than I needed you yesterday. Today, I accept you, and I accept your help. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me in your blood. Take my life in your hands. Fill me with your spirit and let me live in victory from today forward. In Jesus' name, amen. So we'll just take care of it mass in a mass prayer. I am so glad you came today. I pray that today, when you leave here, you leave here with a greater hope. That you leave here with a greater assurance that because you've accepted Jesus, you're not crazy. Listen, don't let anybody tell, don't let anybody tell you that. Don't let anybody tell you, oh, you crazy. You got over there with them crazy people. No, don't, don't let them tell you that. You're not crazy. You're just seeing things from a proper perspective. Listen, when I'm, when I'm dead, if y'all are around, if any of y'all are around after I'm passed away, and if you're at my funeral, don't let anybody say I was good. Don't, don't do it. Don't let, yeah, don't let him, Eric. Get up and say, Pastor wanted me to make sure y'all knew he wasn't good. He helped me, but he wasn't good. You could say that. You could say that. He helped me, but I wasn't good. When I, when I needed someone to pray for me, he prayed for me, but he wasn't good. There's only one good. That's God. And he knew that. He wants you to know that. The only way you can do this is through him. Mother's Day message? Yeah, good news, mama. <laughs> I sure love y'all. Listen, we're, we'll, we'll receive the offering just as you go out. Um, <clears throat> you can, you, you can. Uh, if you're giving cash, you know, y'all you, know what to do. Y'all know how to give an offering, don't you? Do I have to go through all that? I'm, I'm hoping my dad will double his offering today since it's a special day. <laughs> oh, see, he's already got his envelope. He, <laughs> he already got his envelope. Of course, if, you, if you're giving cash, you can use the envelopes in the seat pockets in front of you. If you're visiting with us, drop your visitor's card in the offering plate. And because uh, I, I was trying to get you all out of here so you could spend some time with your mothers at lunchtime. But uh, if you have a visitor's card, drop it in the offering basket before you go. If you have an envelope with an offering in it, please drop it in the basket. If you're giving digitally, you can give, uh, text the keyword Winners Church to 77977 and um, text to give that way. There's lots of different ways. You can give on the app. Lots of different ways you can give. Supersede. What's supersede this week? Huh? Week number 20, supersede. 20 bucks over and above your tithe and your offering if you're a superseder. So, uh, amen. Listen, I love you guys. How many of you received this today? 
How many of you this helped you today? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. Lord, I thank you for your people. I thank you for their obedience to you. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that your hand will rest mightily, continue to rest mightily upon them. Lord, as we go out of this place today, may we go out with joy, be led forth with peace in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're so grateful for the privilege that we have to be able to love you, to serve you, to live for you. Lord, we've, we, we consider what we're seeing, but God, we don't allow it to move our faith. And so, God, when we, when we go out of here living by and walking by faith and not by sight in the name of Jesus, and may it result in glory and honor and praise going to your name. We thank you for it, Father. And everybody that believed it shouted amen. Amen. I, I, I bless your tithe. I bless your offering in the name of Jesus. We're back here on this Wednesday. I'm expecting God to do great stuff. Come and be a part. Yes, sir. So um, our kiddos have made all the mothers um, some floor, floral arrangements outside. Um, you'll take one just as you go. Make sure you only take one. Um, that way all the mothers are able to uh, enjoy them. So thank you.